also let your leaders know that you want to be promoted. You're not being promoted if you don't tell them you want to be promoted. Hello, and a big welcome to Hot Sauce, where we'll cover the hottest topics within sauce together with brilliant guests. Are you also curious about fast-growing companies and the people behind them? Welcome aboard. My name is Max Nyman. I'm the CEO of LimeGo, and this is an interactive podcast where you can give suggestions on upcoming guests and topics. You can also jump into discussions with other listeners by leaving comments or upvoting their suggestions. I'm determined to become one of the greatest within B2B sauce, which is why I invite thought leaders and pick their brains about how to scale their companies. However, there are so many fast-growing companies out there and new ones appearing all the time. I only know a fraction, and that's why I want to give you the opportunity to have an impact on the episodes and its content. Hit the link in the episode to interact and affect. Enough already, let's get to it. All right, very warm welcome. Leah, how you doing? Hi, Max. I'm doing fine. How are you? Nice. Yeah, I'm all good. I'm excited about this. Me too, me too. Nice. Uh, so for the people listening, uh, what is your role and which company are you from? So I'm a senior account executive and I'm currently working for Cognizm, which is an AI-powered B2B contact data provider to kind of give you the boring blurb. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, for those uh, who uh, want to like uh, cover beneath the buzzwords, what's the pitch? Like what, uh, what do you sell and uh, which problems do you solve? So basically we solve the age old core problem of sales. Who do I talk to and how do I get their data? And we basically make sure with an AI powered contact platform that you get all the mobile numbers, the B2B emails, so business to business, meaning no private data, that's very important. And we just make sure that whoever you want to reach out to, you have the right data, you can implement it into your sales cycle, into your marketing campaigns. And rather than focusing on how can I talk to my prospect, you just focus on what am I saying? Mm. Yeah, it seems like uh, something that every sales rep uh, wants and needs. Oh, absolutely. It's really nice to come into the position as an SDR yeah. and have the privilege to already have good contact data. Yeah, cool. And uh, to, to give some uh, background, first about Cognizm, uh, can you brief a bit about the like size of the company? When was it founded, the markets you operate in? Absolutely. So we're pretty young, I'd say. We were founded in 2016. And so like first, of course, attempts were in 2015, but 2016 is when things got real. And we've grown exponentially over the past couple of years. When I started about two years ago, we were like scraping the 200 employees. And now we've exceeded the 400 by far, probably even the 500. Wow. Yeah. So it's growing, growing a lot. Yeah. And space that we interact in is, well, basically anyone who wants to do business to business can use us. But since we are a SaaS, so sales as a service company, we, of course, operate a lot within kind of like the sales and marketing world and basically talk to sales and revenue operations and marketing personas. Mm. Yeah. And it's a global database or where where's like the, the best fit in terms of the, the data coverage? So we're currently market leader in EMEA and also U.S. data coverage, just because I think, let's face it, U.S. data is the easiest to get. Americans are quite liberal in that sense as well. (laughs) And otherwise, definitely, we're currently market leader in EMEA. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, some bits about your background, because you started as an uh, SDR, right? I started doing that 
in London for the DAC market. So Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, because mm. I'm bilingual. And we were three people for the DAC market at the time. So I helped scale the region, which was very exciting and definitely nothing you usually experience as an SDR. Mm. Gives you a lot of responsibility you otherwise don't have. You create cadences. So basically the sequence in which you read, reach out and what you say to the prospects. And then I got promoted to BDR, which honestly is the same position with a slightly different tag. It's a bit more inbound, right? It does both. Yeah. Inbound, so people who request meetings and outbound. And we then were opening a DAC office in Cologne. Mm. So that was exciting. I was still based in London, but now working for Cologne entity, basically. And then after seven months, so quite unusually quickly, I got promoted to account executive. And that is then the closing role. So instead of hunting down um, meetings, you're the person doing the meetings, facilitating all that. Yeah. Nice. And uh, part of your like uh, onboarding, I can imagine that you've used uh, the own uh, tool, Cognizm, that you actually pitch and sell. Uh, what was, would you say, the most important parts of being onboarded properly, allowing the, the role changes to happen? I think the most important thing was actually that people taught me how to ask questions. Because you think, oh, cool, yeah, we're on the call. I'm going to pitch my product. That's it. But that's absolutely not what you should do. If I'm, if you're on the phone with me, you're pitching me your product after like two seconds. I'm not going to hang up because I'm not rude. I've been in that position as well. But you're not going to get me to agree to a meeting. So it's really about like asking the right questions, probing just enough, knowing which values to focus on. So instead of just learning to know what does the product do, really learning what problems does my product solve? What is the actual value that I'm providing? Because I'm not, so I am providing contact data, but what I'm actually providing you is more time to focus on other things. Better image because you're not calling up the CFO on his private mobile phone. Um, better connection to your prospects because you're not spamming their inbox. So that is actually the thing I want to focus on. And that covering that in the onboarding was very vital, apart from literally just somebody telling me how to operate something like Salesforce. Yeah. And I, I think that's a common trap to get stuck in the, the features that your products like has instead of actually focusing on the pain that you solve and the, the underlying value that you uh, untap. Yeah, absolutely. So that is one, I think, of the key things you should cover in onboarding. It's just like... It's so yeah. important and it will help you go a long, long way because from this kind of unco- this cr- uncovering, really, you can then start building the cases that you will present and use later on as an AE. And yeah. that's that's really, that's the core skill that you, in my opinion, that you need to nail if you want to become successful in sales. And uh, why are you uh, staying? I'm staying because I fell in love with the work and the people because... I always thought as sales is one of those kind of superfluous bullshit jobs. And I realized how relevant it is to our day-to-day life because sales is everywhere. And sales is not just me selling you a cucumber at the supermarket, but sales goes so much deeper and it's actually solving problems. And seeing the impact that I can have on organizations just by optimizing their processes, it feels really good to me. And also... I am part of a big, big sales network and multiple sales communities and really connecting with people, connecting with SDRs, connecting with other AEs, 
helping them on their way, but also getting their help, getting insights. It's so interesting because everyone has a different background and different, different things to teach you. And it's one of the most open communities that I've ever entered, I would say, and most welcoming communities. So yeah, that's making me stay. Nice. And uh, let's dig into one of the topics. Uh, I want to talk a bit about uh, go-to-market and you also tapping into the, the DAG region. Uh, can you share some of your maybe insights or, or learnings from uh, starting to, to call into that market? Yes, absolutely. I think the key lesson is that in order to tap into the market, you need to understand the market. And it's very, very different from just like having an English email, translating it into German with Deepl and that's it. It will not work. Yeah. It will never work because the duck market, I mean, even there, each of the countries is very specific. For instance, the Austrians do business with Austrians. Prospecting into Austria was incredibly hard um, just because they are so connected and don't even get me started on Switzerland. Mm. So... It's like, really, you need to kind of infiltrate their network to even be able to get through and cut through the noise. And apart from that, I found that the value propositions in Germany have to be very, very different. Because in Germany, people are very results oriented. So you need to be able to present a value proposition that usually telling Germans, hey, this will make you so much more efficient. That's like that scratching the edge because Germans love efficiency. That stereotype is happening. <laughs> yeah. Bringing that onto the table, but then you need to immediately have your stats available to basically like fire away and be like, hey, we can save you that much money, that much time. Um, mm. Customer X, Y, and Z are using us. So they're very like, um, yeah, results oriented, I would say. And then the other thing is also that you need to understand that Germans are a bit more reserved. So your cool, casual outreach, like English style with like, oh, I'm going to like get up the CEO, call him by his first name, be like, how's the weather? How's the wife? How's the kids? It will work. In the worst yeah. case scenario, the CEO will, no, best case scenario, actually, the CEO will hang up. Worst case scenario, <laughs> they will kind of blacklist you, insult you, and good luck <laughs> to the CEO any of the business partners. Yeah. So being a lot more formal, being a lot more, a lot more informed, you have to do a lot more research. I feel when you break into the dark market, especially when you cold call people, mm. and always know the GDPR by heart because every single time you call someone, you'll get where did you get my number? Ah. Like you need to know how to navigate that. Yeah. And would you say that there, this is like a, a more uh, focused thing for the Dach market and maybe one of the countries in particular? Or is it like, yeah, everything that you do, but just add extra caution in the Dach region? I would say it goes for all countries. The extra caution I would, in my experience, was less needed for Switzerland because their GDPR works a bit different. So the uh -huh. data security protection laws, basically. They are very strict in the DAC region, especially in Germany, not as much in Austria. Austrians are just, a, they just want to know where you got the data. They're very upfront. Yeah. Um, so Germany and Denmark, if you prospect into those regions in terms of data protection, and also if you sell in those regions, you need to be very careful and you need to understand that your prospects also have to be very careful when, like in my case, they want to use your data. So that is definitely something you should always consider. Mm. 
And uh, can you tell me a bit about the uh, like going from the SDR role and now on tapping the AE? How was your activity levels before, and what is it now? Like, what kind of metrics are we talking about? The quantities uh, per day and so on. So I actually want to split that in two, uh, into three parts. So we've got the SDR activities, then we've got the DACA activities. And since January, I'm part of the Cognizant Velocity team. So we're doing a lot of like inbounds mainly and self-generated meetings. Mm -hmm. And all three of those were completely different. So as a DAC SDR, whether it was for the commercial segments or kind of SMB, small, medium businesses in mid-market or anything above that, you were trying to book around like 15, 20 meetings a week. To be fair, usually, I don't think there was a month I did not hit the number. Usually I was able to succeed that. I think in my best month, I had like 36 meetings. So mm-hmm. I think my KPIs, there were like 20 and I got 36. So it's definitely doable, especially if you're cold calling and creative with your emails. They love a bit of creativity. So my days were mainly really structured by email blocks, calling blocks, connecting on LinkedIn, Though I must say, I wish I had done more LinkedIn back then. I was not active on LinkedIn. I was the cringe factor was too hard. Yeah, I was like, if my cringe level had been a little bit lower, if I would have just jumped over the threshold, I could have generated so much more business. But so that was really my day. It was just like two, two hour, two one to two hour cold calling blocks a day. Otherwise, emails, organizing meeting, doing admin on repeat. Yeah. Very little variation. And then as an account executive for the DAC region, I, I'm i not quite certain how much, I think we just got however many meetings we got because we were kind of in a scale-up phase. It was like, the more you get, the better, but there wasn't too much in the beginning. Yeah. And so there my day, I had suddenly had like a lot more free time to allocate. But the time that I had that was planned was a lot more valuable. So I had to bring, as an SDR, you have to bring a good performance constantly whereas as an sd as an ae you have to bring your top performance at certain moments and you need to be able to repeat that and be super on point and you just can't slack so kind of the distributing the energy levels a bit different was a challenge mm-hmm. and there i was then like mainly gener- mainly taking care of meetings doing admin booking my follow-up meetings so really managing the pipeline more mm. and in the beginning, I was kind of clueless, just trying to figure it out because we only had one DAC IE before. So me and my colleague who got promoted were a little bit like, okay, what do we do? Figuring stuff out for ourselves. And now in the velocity segment for the international side that I'm working, sometimes it's manic. Today, I'm having, I think, seven demos, two follow-up meetings. Wow, and that's hectic. And someone to credit. <laughs> to like push in my admin. I mean, it's a closing mm. week, so it's a bit more manic yeah. than usual, but we're trying to get in around like 50 demos a month, a bit more, a bit less per person because it's inbound. And so it's very, very fast paced. And I found being good with admin, no, being excellent with admin and always doing your admin on time and doing it at the end of the day, even if it means you stay 30 minutes longer, it's an absolute lifesaver. So I'll have an admin block before work but basically like when the SDRs are asleep I turn on my laptop grab a coffee maybe even sit in bed just do a little bit of admin do my email prep run my tasks for the day kind of enjoy the quiet and the silence on slack 
stand-up, trainings, meetings, demos, trying to stay on top of emails in my inbox. Mm. Usually I try and book like half an hour to an hour to do all of my tasks in the afternoon. And then usually kind of like the last half hour of the day, I block to finish my admin that I didn't get done in time after the meetings. Very three very different schedules, all requiring very different levels of attention, but all quite fun. Okay, nice. Yeah, it's the it's the mix that gets it, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and you talked a bit about the number of demos and so on. Uh, How much are you disqualifying prospects, uh, like looking for the ICP and and the the right fit? Because one thing that I've felt at least. Uh, in the last past years is that in the beginning you just take everything you want the the quantity and you want to focus on the pitch and tweak it and so on but then more and more you go towards quality right and you learn to respect your own time and so on Uh, so so how 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 hard are you disqualifying prospects and uh, can you share me a bit about uh, those tips and tricks so i think in the beginning yeah you're absolutely right it's just like let's get the meetings in and I think nowadays as an account executive, I'm disqualifying way more than as an SDR because I feel as an SDR, you're just like, oh, but maybe the AE is taking the meeting. Maybe they will yeah. yeah, nice. put it in there. Have a good day. When I was an AE, I sit there and I'm like, this is a waste of my time. This is a hairdresser. They're clearly not doing B2B. What are you doing? I mean, you'd be an extreme place. But um, so I'm way more picky because my time is more valuable. So yeah. literally my time is costing the company more, but also at the same time, I have a very full schedule. If you book me a meeting with a prospect where I can see from the get-go, they don't have budget. Um, they're absolutely not the right fit. I can either be nice and take the meeting, but then I'll, I'll qualify very early on. So I'll just literally, I've got a couple of key questions around like budget, timing, target market that will help me sort them out very quickly. If I suspect that they would be a candidate to qualify out, if they actually prove me wrong, I'll happily like continue with the meeting. Otherwise, after five minutes, the demo is over because mm. I'm not wasting my time. I'm not wasting my prospects time. So there's mm. a lot more qualifying out that's going on as an account executive than as an SDR. But yeah. I'm quite lucky. My my MDRs, so the inbound reps, they book, I mean, they have a very good team lead and they book, I would say, maybe I qualify out like five out of 50 a month. So it's, it's quite good. Yeah. And would you say that you focus on like three core questions to disqualify? So, or do you follow some sort of sales methodology uh, internally? So we have medic implemented internally. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just recently did a training and uh, with Andy and it was phenomenal, Andy White. And now what we're doing is we do kind of a mix of medic and our own thing. Because like the thing I love about Medic is that it's so adaptable to your own selling style. And I'm a bit more of a, so that's probably the German in me. I like stats and figures. So I lo- I want to show you, so show you or tell you what you need to do. But at the same time, I'm keeping things at a very basic level in terms of like, we're not doing a feature sell here. I hate feature selling. So I'd rather not show you the platform the first time and literally just talk with you about what are the issues at hand? What's the core problem? talk a bit about the value of course yeah. um rather do that so kind of the, that approach and to get back to your question i think 
the key questions I ask when I suspect it's a bad fit are what's the budget? What's the timeline? And kind of what's the use case? What what are we really talking about here? So yeah. I will be, of course, a bit nicer phrasing that. So I might say something like, instead of like dangling a carrot in front of your face that in the end you can't have, what really is the budget yeah. here? Yeah. And it goes over very well because you're just being very honest and upfront and you don't overpromise them and then they can't have it in the end. But at the same time, while it sounds so prospect focused, it's just saving me a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good that you, um, as you say, don't, don't, you don't want to tease it and not give it, but more like for, for both, uh, you're doing both a favor, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, switching topics a bit in terms of the, um, uh, the sales learnings, uh, you talked a bit about entering the, the duck region and so on. Uh, what have you maybe felt yourself or seen among your colleagues that is working well within the sales profession? Uh, what, what can you share? Okay. My best practice number one, which a lot of people will hate me for, is always do your admin. And do it thoroughly. My Salesforce notes are so incredibly populated. I write down details other people think are stupid. If you tell me where you go on vacation, I'll write down where you go on vacation. If you tell me in a like just like in a slight sentence that you like to ski, I'll note that down because I know I'll come back to it and it will be handy. And then yeah. it's little details that help you win. And if you tell yourself, oh, no, but I'll remember that, trust me, you won't. Three weeks down the line, if your prospect is like, oh, yeah, I'm back from vacation, and you didn't write down where they went, there's an 80% chance you'll forget. And so just doing the admin, doing it right now, scribbling everything down. I mean, I'm literally, I can show you. I'm sitting here with my notebook. This is what a small demo look like. Yeah. I'm I'm a I'm an old school person. I like doing notes by hands because I can like draw and scribble. I have colleagues who take them on the laptop, but always take notes. Don't just rely on the recording. And also that being said, what I always do in my Salesforce is I have little quotes from what they say. Cause I notice that if you speak to your prospect in their language, so pick up on key phrases they use, repeat those, explain mm. what you do to them in their own words your success rate goes through the roof because they understand yeah. what you're talking about. Even if it feels off to you, even if it feels weird to you, as long as you're not saying anything that's incorrect, you're just doing yourself a favor by doing that. And all of this needs to be noted down somewhere. So never skimp on the admin. Like I can, I can hear one of my colleagues just rolling his eyes at me saying that, but <laughs> that's the way it is. Yeah, now, but I, I also think in terms of meeting the the competitors and more and more products are so filled with with the features and and everything, you gotta stand out uh, from the noise, right? And that's uh, that could be the question or the sentence uh, in terms of how was your vacation in X yeah. uh, that actually gets the deal in and uh, uh, closing it. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of personal development or personal like growth, because I guess that's why most people are here on the podcast. They want to locate. But like, what did you do to come from SDR to, to go from SDR to AE? Something I started way too late, track your wins and let your leaders know. And also let your leaders know that you want to be promoted. You're not being promoted if you don't tell them you want to be promoted. So that was also something that I needed to learn. I'm someone, 
I hate kind of being like, hey, look, boss, they sent me an email that they did this great. And that's what you have to do. If they don't CC in your boss, you need to send your boss the email because otherwise your boss will not know. And those, the client feedback, the clients being satisfied is sometimes even more important than your number. So I may have a month where I have 40% of my quota achievement, but the 40%, those two clients emailed my VP and were like, she's amazing. And like sang my praises for me without me even asking them to do it, which also comes down to the personal sales approach. But that is so much more valuable than just hitting your number, which of course is great because that's what you get money for. But if you want to be promoted, you need to have the soft skills and that's the easiest way to prove it. And if they just send you the email and nobody's in CC, how would they ever know? Hmm. I think it's super important, both in terms of the, the sales role and the career ladder, but also if you feel that, yeah, sales is fun, but I want to maybe try a different path within the company. No one can can read minds, so you have to speak up and, and tell your boss that you are looking for a change or looking for a, a certain path, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just like be like, I made it very clear from the get-go, when it, even when I changed teams, I was like, I would like to progress into a more leadership role, into a management role, because just yeah. that's what I see my soft skills, actually, where I see I will thrive the best. And that's kind of the way that I'm working towards. And that's what my manager and I align on when we've got one-on-ones. And that's what I get training in. And if I don't have that training, how would I ever transition into that role without absolutely like losing it once I'm in that role? Because I actually don't know what to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked a bit about how you start your day and how you end it and like the admin stuff. Um, in terms of the... Uh, um, the quality versus quantity uh, how would you give advice to perhaps a junior sales rep trying like the sauce thing out and maybe wanting to advance in their career how to think about the balance because you need both right Mm -hmm. absolutely so if we're especially talking like a prospecting perspective though that may also go for aes in the beginning and this may be controversial go for quantity Quantity over quality, because the only thing that will get you the skills and that will get you to a very confident level in selling and in prospecting is practice. And you get practice through quantity. I would never go after the most promising account in your first couple of months in a role, just because you will not have the skill set and down the line, you'll be so angry for kind of burning that account. So rather save the account, put it in the back of your list. Don't touch it until you've amped up the quantity had a really good month or a good couple months, like doing demos or doing cold calls. And then you need to make the switch to quality because quality is what will bring revenue. So first quantity, then quality. Makes sense. Uh, All right, we're going to move into a a segment called uh, Quick Ones. Uh, So I'll shoot some quick questions and I want some quick answers. You ready? I'm ready. Nice. If you were to give one advice in sales one thing what would that be try it try it try it and uh, you cannot say cognizant but the favorite tool in your uh, sales uh, tech stack it's a tie either salesforce or cluster Mm. Uh, a person within sauce that inspires you person within sas that inspires me would probably be 
Steve Bartlett is not really sassy, it's marketing. Then I would say um, Helena Claus, founder uh-huh. of SDS of Germany, brilliant woman, really good friend of mine. Um, absolutely adore her. Mm, nice. And uh, when are you in the zone? I'm in the zone when I'm like two demos down with my cup of coffee, everything is going great. And I know I have like a contract to send out, might be a bit later in the day and then I'm, then I'm there. Yeah, cool. And uh, one thing that you uh, use uh, ChatGPT for? Um, fun free time activities. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but also uh, ChatGPT, yeah, it can be great if you want to do your summaries. So just like send demo notes to prospects, uh, recap, just take your notes, put them in there, and they will write you a nice follow-up email. Yeah. Cool. Moving on. And you talked a bit about uh, that or we stumbled into it, but I want to tap into work-life balance a bit uh, because uh, sales, uh, we need to bring in the money and uh, the customer can call at any time and then you expect the, uh, the answer from the sales rep. Yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, knowledge that you've learned uh, in the past couple of years that's helped you find a good work-life balance? I'm still working on that, I feel. so. But something that helped me really is get a hobby that mm-hmm. is completely outside of sales that I don't monetize on. Like, it's, like, it's so easy as a salesperson, you're like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm making pottery now. I could sell this. And so I had to find a hobby for me. It's singing that I can't capitalize on because I'm not that good and I just don't have the drive. Um, And really do that. Practice it at least once a week. And for like two hours, there's no thought of sales. There's something else I have to dedicate myself to. And also I made, I just like formed a habit of every single day after work, I go for a walk because that helps me unwind. I'll call my partner if I can't call my partner, I listen to a podcast, not a business podcast. Investment <laughs> is fine, I figured, or true crime if it, you had a really bad day and are angry at customers. But just like go for a walk at least half an hour to an hour, listen to a podcast, you'll come home, you'll be relaxed. Yeah. Okay, so no, no business podcast, basically. No, and no work on Sundays. Never? Never. No, no. work on Sundays. Not even some admin to prep for the week? Sunday night is okay for like, just like looking what meetings are there right now. But that's why I'm saying I need to work on this because ideally it shouldn't be that way. Ideally you should have at least one day where you don't touch anything at all. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's, it's so uh, common that you feel that you have to prep, but the mental switch, knowing that you can relax for a full day can actually give you more energy long-term instead of, uh, uh, doing that little work that uh, extra day. Absolutely. I completely agree. And it will probably make you more productive over the week. Yeah. And uh, moving topic, uh, talking a bit about, uh, we talked about some on- onboarding stuff in terms of sales. Uh, can you share a bit about uh, evaluating your wins and losses in, in terms of sales? How do you know when a deal is won because of the activities that you've done? And how do you know that, okay, I lost this one because I missed a certain step? Uh, do you have a good process for that or some sort of knowledge sharing or, or similar? I think a good process for that is just asking for feedback. Yeah. I literally, I very bluntly, if a deal doesn't close in the end and we've been like in the stage for a while, I then just ask them why. 
just very bluntly, and that will help you. And don't be afraid of your prospect's feedback, because first of all, the prospect right now is lost anyway. And the worst thing that can happen is that they insult you, but you'll get over that. You're in sales. You will have thick skin at some point. You It will help you build resilience. And that's very, very easy and very effective way. Good. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, wrapping up a bit, uh, I'm uh, going to ask you if you have any advice for upcoming guests. I mean, the advice advice for upcoming guests, like just recommendations who you should invite or what they... Yes, okay. exactly. I mean, I just spoke about Helena Claus. I know she's going to Bali next week, but maybe after she's back or also Matilda Sharper. She's great. She's the other co-founder. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. two of them. And otherwise, um, not right now, but if I can think of someone, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. James, you Good. should, you should get, get James Key on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I may, I'll make sure to to uh, write down that Helena Claus is going to Bali, so that I can yeah. ask her about her vacation. Exactly. <laughs> Good. Uh, I'm gonna summarize a bit with my my main takeaways. Um, one of which, for the people who are entering the uh, duck region, uh, focus on understanding the market. They are quite uh, ROI driven and uh, a bit. I don't know what to call it, closed up. So mm-hmm. so try to like get into the inner circle. Um, another thing that I'm taking with me is uh, to, in order to disqualify, know that when you are becoming more senior, you are literally costing the company more. Yeah. So be sure to spend your time wisely. Exactly. And last but not least, I think it's important, as you said, to be transparent to your manager. Yeah. in what you want to achieve. Exactly. Don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. Uh, thanks a lot, Leah, for joining me on this uh, episode. And uh, I wish you all the best going forward. Thank you for having me, Max. Excited to see what you'll put together from this. And I hope lots of SDRs and AEs can benefit from it. Now you got me hitting the phones. I'm in sales. I love hitting the phones. One call close. All right. Shifting the focus to you that's been listening. Just want to remind you that this is an interactive podcast. So hit the link in the episode description. There, you can join the discussion with other listeners and comment on episodes. You can also submit ideas for upcoming guests, topics, or simply upvote what other people have already suggested. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it to some that might be curious friends co-worker or that random person in your linkedin feed last but not least leave a rating if you enjoyed it while you're at it add me on linkedin to see short video clips from the podcast and enjoy the rest of your day see ya last quarter i smashed my quota short memory i forgot what i sold you sales pro wisdom like yoda i want to witch my prospects i should phone up now you got me hitting the phones i'm in sales i love hitting the phone one call closer while sitting at home i'm in sales i love hitting the phone Last quarter, I smashed my quota. Short memory, I forgot what I sold you. Oh, sales pro wisdom like Yoda. I wonder which my prospects that you phone up. Hi. Now you got me hitting the phones. I'm in sales, I love hitting the phones. Gotta hit the phone. One call closer while sitting at home. I'm in sales, I love hitting the phones. Gotta hit the phone.